Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pond Hunter Broadcast from the Under the Sea Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Take a look into the world of koi ponds, water gardens, and the lifestyles of the aquatically obsessed. Meet the pros, hobbyists, and cover some no-nonsense pond advice straight from the field. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Here's your host, koi pond and water garden expert, Mike Gannon. Hey, everybody. Hey, now. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. God, how dramatic that guy is, Pond Hunter. Very dramatic. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the Pond Hunter radio broadcast. You are all listening to episode 36 of the broadcast, and we're going to be talking about how to feed your fish with a focus on koi and goldfish um, that we're keeping in our koi ponds and water gardens. But a lot of this info um, is going to be applicable on how to feed a larger variety of pond and aquarium fish. So, so welcome everybody. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I'm very happy to be here with all of you geeking out on pond stuff in the pursuit of all things aquatic and sharing a bit of time with you all the aquatically obsessed. So let's talk about something riveting, how to feed your fish and buckle up because we're going to talk about feeding temperatures, food types, when to feed, how often, seasonal considerations. We'll touch on nutrition, but that's a big topic. So we're just going to touch on nutrition and uh, we'll just cover some really helpful general feeding tips. So, um, yeah, and nutrition is a big topic. If you guys want to check out a good Pond Hunter episode on nutrition, um, look for episode seven. And uh, my guest was Dr. Eric Johnson. He's a koi veterinarian. He's a veterinarian for a lot of animals. Um, Doc Johnson and I have a long conversation on koi. It's really good stuff, uh, a lot of nutrition stuff. So check it out. And you can check out that episode and more on iTunes. And um, you can say hi to me on Facebook, too. You know you're on there. Come and say hi sometime. Um, So how to feed fish is, you know, sometimes it's asked as an afterthought. Pond keepers will have picked out some beautiful koi or goldfish, and while they're carrying the bags out of the door, they turn around and kind of ask, hey, you know, by the way, how do I feed these koi fish? And, you know, really the nutritional care of koi should be something to think about before stocking your pond. Taking good nutritional care of any exotic animal is really important. And what we think we know about exotic animal care often is very incomplete. Imagine getting a monkey and assuming they can live a healthy life eating only bananas because we all know that monkeys love bananas. So I can't tell you how many people think that koi live on algae or don't even need to be fed. They can just forage on their own. Um, If you want to commune with an exotic life form, you got to know what's up. Fish keeping, in my opinion, is about as exotic a pet as you can realistically keep. Some people think parrots, ferrets, flying squirrels, boa constrictors, or an ocelot are exotic. And yes, they are, but the difference is that We share the same world with all of those animals. 
we can see them and access them because we share the same world. Fish, however, are a much different story. We cannot access the world without special equipment. Their world is deadly to us in a matter of minutes, just as our world is deadly to them. We don't share worlds, which to me adds to the exoticness, exoticity, I don't know, of these aquatic pets. We live in vastly different worlds separated by a membrane of water. Fish, we penetrate their world without special preparations or equipment, and we're going to die. And the same goes for koi and goldfish or any fish. Should they break that aquatic membrane and enter into our world, they're going to have a hard time. So koi and goldfish are most definitely exotic pets. Koi don't even exist in the wild or goldfish. They have wild cousins, you know, of course, common carp, Crassius erratus, um, but they are Koi and goldfish are highly selectively bred and specialized fish. So selectively bred that if they were left to procreate on their own without human intervention, they would most likely revert back to their natural coloration and design, their God-given design, within about 10 generations. Their highly decorative body art would fade into... um, nothingness in a pretty short span of time or so i've heard it's not a fact as far as i know but it sounds pretty reasonable to me and i heard it from a pretty reasonable source um so anyway the when we look at feeding our fish the typical instruction on a bag or a box of food will be something to the effect of feed as much as a fish can consume in a three to five minute period that's like super basic information on feeding a living creature that we're going to have with us for a long time. So those are instructions to beware of. Um, Not that they're wrong, but it's just a lot more to it than that. If all we need to know is to feed our fish X amount in five minutes, this podcast would be over by now. Good night, everybody. Good night. Um, Anyway, so how to feed fish. I mean, it really is. It's a complex issue. And it's not just a matter of how much food or a quantity. It's learning how to feed fish. It's not easy learning how to feed fish. So checking a podcast like this is a good move. And, and, you know, you got to kind of learn. Probably one of the best things to know about feeding fish is a basic rule that must be remembered is kind of a hungry fish is a happy fish. That's not to say a starving fish is happy, but a fish that always keeps them, you know, a, a fish that's moving and foraging and has that hunger in the belly um, that's, that's a good thing. And also remember fish don't really overeat. We overfeed. So those are kind of real basic mottos to go by, um, in your feeding philosophy. Fish don't really overeat. We overfeed them. Um, don't get me wrong. Fish can eat a lot, especially larger koi, goldfish, catfish. Um, but many pond keepers tend to have a bit of a heavy hand and fish can get fat. But, um, but don't do that to your fish. It's just, it's not good for them, right? That just kind of makes sense. Overfeeding can be dangerous in ponds too, um, especially when temperatures are higher. Be careful feeding during heat waves. You can get oxygen crashes. So you got to, you know, there's things you need to know. So let's talk about how to do it right in this here podcast. So fish are complex. They're complex biological entities with some pretty specific dietary needs um, to live their lives to their fullest potential. 
So how to feed fish is learning how to properly maintain body mass. How do you keep how you feed fish is an important topic to to that person who's intending to keep fish, but to consider really to care for for any species of animal um, dog, cat, horse, lizard, pig, fish, goat. If you want that animal to survive and thrive, you got to know how to feed it. How to feed koi and goldfish requires an understanding of the animal and what exactly you are keeping in your pond. I, there's many people that are shocked that when they find out that goldfish can get huge and they can live 20 years. A lot of people think goldfish are these cute little guys, you know, you keep in a one gallon bowl. So people are shocked that a koi can get three feet or more these days. They get big and they're trying to breed bigger ones still. I mean, that's kind of one of the goals of breeders. Now they they're trying to get really big fish going. Someday we're going to be able to ride our koi around the pond. I'm telling you, it's going to be like SeaWorld in our backyards. It's going to be great. Many people don't realize that um, fish can live such a long time, decades. There's even some fish tails of much longer lifespan for koi, a couple hundred years. Mm, I'm not sure. I like that story. It's a story. Um, but to experience this, you want to commune. You want to share a little bit of your life with your koi, a couple decades. If you want to grow old with your fish, you got to know how to feed them, Jack. Do we agree? Hello? Anybody out there? What do we got? Okay. Good. All right. As long as you guys are still there. So anyway, in this podcast, we're going to talk about how to feed fish, right? I mean, with the focus on koi and goldfish. So it's great info for fish keepers in general, pond and aquarium. I think we should start with temperatures because water temperatures are a pretty good place to start um, because it's very important. Water temperatures have a direct impact and effect on how much to feed your fish, how much they'll eat, how they digest and metabolize their food as well. So let's talk about low temperatures and we'll work our way up. Low temperatures being from say 65 degrees down to 52 degrees. Like when you start getting down below 65 water temperatures, let's consider that lower temperatures. It's about 18.3 Celsius uh, down to 11.1 Celsius. And at lower temperatures, koi and goldfish are not going to eat as much. They won't digest as efficiently either. There's a direct relationship to um, how, how they are metabolizing things and water temperatures. And they could potentially suffer, especially if taking food at temps like 50 degrees, um, you know, 10 degrees Celsius or below. A good food to use during low temps should be high in wheat germ, and those foods are readily available. Call your local Palm Pro for the right food. There are many choices. Get a good one. Um, but remember, during low temperature periods, when we have those kind of freak warm days, if you're in an area, first of all, of course, that, that gets cold, um, we have these kind of freak warm weather days, like in New Jersey, where I'm located. In the dead of winter, we'll have February, um, we'll get a 60-degree day in February, and the koi are out and about. you got to remember not to feed them. So avoid the temptation of those days 
because the cold weather will snap back really quick and you don't want your fish loaded up with food. If they need winter sustenance, that's when you let them scrape algae from within the pond. Algae is an excellent food source when they need to utilize it. Water temperatures from 50 degrees, 10 degrees Celsius, will generally be a good time to really wind down your feeding regimen. A lot until warmer weather comes back into the picture. When water temps are above 68 degrees Fahrenheit, we are really back into the feeding season. Again, those, those areas where we have the high temp swings, some people are very steady. And of course, your feeding rules are going to vary a little bit. If you have steady temperatures year-round, you're probably going to have a steady feeding pattern, some kind of covering where we have areas that we're going up and down. So um, between 68 degrees Fahrenheit and 80 degrees Fahrenheit, say, as water temperatures, being the high range, um, feeding should be happening on a regular basis, and the recipe should be higher in protein, and wheat germ is not as important as in the foods for lower temperatures. When water temperatures get above 80 degrees, be careful with feedings. Um, that's, a, that's a stress time for fish. 80 degrees is uh, above 80 is uh, really high. 80 degrees is pretty high. So that's usually kind of heat wave weather. Um, keep them going, of course, but just scale back feeding a little bit during those times. Remember, you got to be careful of high temperatures, any extreme conditions. Um, feeding heavily in high temps, again, dangerous with oxygen levels. Um, now the foods I'm referring to when we're talking about feeding are, I'm, I'm really thinking of pellet foods specifically formulated for gold and, uh, for koi, I'm sorry, and goldfish. And I really don't do flake food for koi or goldfish and I don't recommend it. Um, not unless they're like just little tiny babies. Otherwise try to stick with pellets. Pellets come in various sizes there are many brands to choose from. There are better and not so good brands. Um, you know, try to go with the um, middle of the road brand for your day-to-day feedings mixed with a premium brand a couple times a week. That's what I do. I like that kind of mix up. Um, so there's many brands and they're, they're easy to feed with pellets. They're, it's a clean, efficient form of food. Smaller pellets for small fish, larger pellets for larger fish. Um, there are floating and sinking pellets. Try to use both. Um, if floating food is too buoyant, it can be soaked before feedings. Um, food can be expensive, but try not try to offer, like I was saying, a premium food along with your daily choice of food so your food bills aren't off the charts. Uh, there are certain vitamin supplements that can be used for optimum nutrition. I recently came across an exchange on Facebook between a couple of pond professionals who know their stuff. And they were both discussing the concept of feeding even large koi, a smaller sized pellet. And they were basically saying that the larger pellets are difficult for koi to handle. And it seems to make sense. Um, but I haven't put this into practice just yet. If I'm dealing with some big koi, I, I still tend to use big pellets. Um, but I do see their point in that smaller pellets will be easier to grind down, making them easier to digest and absorb the nutritional benefits. I get that. Makes sense. So I share it with you guys. Um, fun fact. Did you guys know the koi have teeth? Yep, they do. It's in the back of their mouth, beginning of their throat. They got kind of molar type of teeth. I think it's two on the top, two on the bottom. And they lose their teeth. You can find their teeth in your pond. <laughs> Interesting fact. 
So anyway, and you can try some interesting foods too. Your fish will enjoy it. And so we use, so you have your pellets that you give them, but there's lots of snacks and treats the koi can enjoy. Krill, freeze dried krill. I, I don't really do, there's frozen available. I don't really do that too much. Freeze dried krill. Tetra has a really good one. Um, that's a great snack. Koi do love it for smaller koi. Just kind of crunch the krill in your hand before feeding it to them. Helps break it down a little bit. You can even, you know, if you have like an ecosystem type pond, you can introduce ghost shrimp into your pond. Um, they're kind of just cool to put into your pond and the, the um, koi will love them as well. They'll chow down on them. Um, earthworms are a good snack for koi. They love those. We had a couple of years ago in my area, I mean, it, it happens every so often, we get cicadas that just, you know, come out in um, just massive quantities, swarms. So cicadas were falling into everybody's ponds in this area. I mean, it's a big bug. It's pretty substantial. And uh, our the koi in almost everybody's ponds were coming up and eating, I mean, gorging themselves on cicadas. So it's amazing what they'll eat. Um, you can get stuff like, you know, prepared foods like Koi Crunchies, Cheerios, which are great to use during colder temperatures, by the way. Koi do love Cheerios. You can offer them peas, zucchini, leafy dark greens like romaine lettuce, um, kale, stuff like that. I've seen people use oranges, grapefruit slices, watermelon, cantaloupe, so freeze-dried crickets. Also, that's a good food, you know, a little more controlling than uh, controllable than cicadas. <laughs> um, even some people have given their koi rice, you know, so there's, listen, that's what you're cut pasta. <laughs> people are giving their koi pasta. So now I'm not saying I recommend them. I think that actually rice, bread, pasta, like that kind of stuff, I think it's kind of messy inside your pond. Um, so anyway, and I'm sure there's a lot more that your fish would enjoy, but those are some good snacks. Um, and it also just helps to enhance your experience with your fish. Think of how jealous your family and friends are going to be when you turn them down because you're cooking for your fish that night. Huh? We t we're talking about having fun now? You betcha. So the frequency of feeding, again, directly related to temperatures. At lower temperatures, probably one feeding a day is fine. At higher temperatures, you may want to do several times a day might be more like it um, when you know how to do it. If until you're comfortable learning how to, how to feed your fish, uh, I'm not saying jump into several feedings per day, ramp up to something like that. Um, in areas that experience temperature swings, like here in good old New Jersey with Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast Studios are located, pond keepers will see that the appetite in April will be very different from the July appetite as well as the October appetite. So you learn the feeding rhythms of where you live. And with that said, I recommend daily feedings for the beginner koi keeper. And as you gain experience, you can ramp up frequency of feedings to several times per day. The key is to control quantities. Uh, remember, overfeeding fish is a quick way to drag down water quality. It can, of course, affect water clarity as well. Cheap foods can affect water clarity um, because they break down fast. When a pond keeper has become comfortable with feedings, then they should get more comfortable with the multiple day feedings. If a pond owner has the time, try feeding smaller portions throughout the day. 
Um, this has a couple of benefits in that it keeps the fish from getting hungry. Um, it more closely resembles their natural feeding behavior of just kind of grazing and foraging and picking all day. It helps develop and reinforce tr trust and the relationship between you and your fish. And they will associate your presence with feedings and pleasantness. And they respond by greeting you at the pond's edge. And you will be the food god from the other side of the aquatic membrane. It's a powerful position to be in. When your fish associate you with food, their behavior can get pretty comical. Um, they'll climb out of the pond to get to you and your yummy treats. They, they get wacky. It's great. It's hilarious. And once they get nuts to see you and start following you around the pond, you could probably begin the process of teaching them to hand feed directly out of your hand, which really is a lot of fun. So hand feeding takes time and patience, but it can be done. But it, you know, that, it doesn't happen quick. It takes time, takes patience. Let's talk about quantities of food because the quantity of food is going to be based on a few factors, including the size of your fish, the age of your fish, the quantity of fish you have, as well as the type of food you're using. I think the best approach is to use your own hand as the measuring gauge and pay attention to what you're doing. Keep track of how much food you have to give until the koi start losing interest in the feeding session. If your fish are eating five handfuls, then use that as your standard quantity. Of course, you could also use a simple measuring device. And again, the quantity is going to, uh, you know, a measuring device is a good idea. <laughs> Because if you ever have to go out of town and you have friends, family, or whoever coming by, you can say, give them, you know, quarter cup of food, whatever the case. And always, whenever you have somebody feeding your fish for you, always have them feed a lot less than you would feed them. If you're giving them a quarter of a cup, have them give, you know, uh, an eighth of a cup, whatever the case. Make sure you're, they're underfeeding while you're away. Um, of course, you don't want your fish to starve, but you do want them to underfeed because I can tell you I've gotten a lot of phone calls of people um, with the phone conversation starting off. Hey, Mike, I just got back from vacation and they had somebody feeding their fish and the pond is just, you know, packed with food. The pump is clogged. The net is clogged, it, you know, so make sure you use pre-portioned for when you're giving somebody your feedings, right? Okay. So anyway, where was I? So, and again, you know, again, quantities is going to fluctuate according to certain factors and with temperatures being the primary factor for the pond keepers who do not get to enjoy year round warmer temperatures, your feedings should be designed to their best effect and with purpose. And what do I mean by that? Well, when your fish are coming out of winter, your feedings are meant to help put weight back onto your fish who have not eaten in a while and have burned off their fat reserves. During the season, your feedings are meant to keep up with their activity levels while maintaining body mass. And a lot of the food intake is just being burned right off due to their higher activity levels. So, you know, you're just kind of feeding them for maintenance and sustenance. In the spring, you're feeding them to put weight back onto them. And then coming around mid-August, September, you know, somewhere around there, um, October, the feedings should be with the intent of putting weight back on the fish. 
you want to build their body mass and build those fat reserves for those long winter months. So let them eat August, September, October. That's the time to do it because generally around November, they kind of stop feeding. So you want to have them, you know, bulked up as much as possible. Feed them, fatten them up. Remember to try and achieve the balance in your feedings and not fall into the habit of overfeeding. Learn your fish's cues to when they are done eating. Don't leave a lot of food floating in the pond at the end of your feeding session or you're feeding too much. If your food is filling up your skimmer basket, blocking your pump intakes, you're feeding too much, or you're feeding in the wrong spot, excess feeding and uneaten food is one of the quickest ways to poor water quality clog filters, dirty pond interiors. So check yourself. Here's some good feeding tips to remember. Pick a, pick a spot to feed your fish. Try to pick a spot to feed from. Create a feeding station. If you're planning a pond, plan a feeding station in your plan. Let the pond builder know um, you want a feeding station. Tell them Mike Gannon said you need a feeding station, like a real big rock to feed from. Or, um, you know, just an area that you know you can do feeding. Feeding from the same spot is going to help to train your fish and develop trust. Um, When picking your spot, try to find an area of slow-moving water within your pond. Obviously, your spot should not be in an area like in front of the skimmer, in front of a negative edge, or overflowing areas. Take some time by your pond when feeding your fish. Hang out. Relax and feed your fish. Don't throw food in the pond and then walk away. That's a terrible habit. Don't get into that habit. You need to feed, slow down, feed them, and watch this. Um, That behavior on your part, if you just throw food in and walk away, it's going to decrease any chance of your fish becoming social with you, and it'll reduce their trust bond with you. And it also doesn't allow you to develop good feeding habits or take advantage of up-close feedings that will allow you to view and inspect your fish to make sure your population is healthy. Feeding time is a great opportunity to get to know your fish's personalities and observe their overall condition. Okay, so make sure you you slow down. Don't throw food into the suction path of your skimmer or your food's going to go bye-bye and hello to clogged sponges and pump intakes. So, where in front of your skimmer, you know, it might not be visible, but there's water being sucked in strongly. So don't throw food in front of the skimmer area of your pond, right? So um, the feeding and everything helps to train your fish. So you need to be the food god. And remember, you are the human. When I feed, if you have rocks in your pond, or if you have a formal pond, feed along the edges of your pond. When you feed along rocks, the pellet food tends to cling to the rocks and the edges of the pond, which makes it much easier for koi and goldfish to eat and helps to regulate how much food you're giving during a feeding as well. If you don't have rocks in your pond, that's fine. Just find the spot in your pond where water is moving the slowest or where plant growth like water lilies can slow down the food so fish can chow down on it. Don't throw the food out to them. You're teaching them to feed away from you. You want them to come up, have that interaction, have that close relationship with them. Teach them to eat in front of you. They need to get up and close and personal. And if you allow them to eat away from you, they won't socialize with you and 
trust may not develop. Your fish need to be completely comfortable eating in your presence. Don't throw food and walk away. And eventually you could get them to hand feed. Um, When you're feeding your fish correctly, it's one of the most rewarding aspects of keeping a pond and experiencing that rare and special relationship between human and fish. Warm-blooded land-dwelling primates and cold-blooded limbless aquatic vertebrates. What a strange relationship to have. And I've known some really cool fish because I've taken the time to slow down and feed them. Good feeding habits are not only good for your fish, it's good for your pond, which means it's good for you. And now you know a little bit more about how to do it right. So to recap on how to feed your fish, just some quick points, some quick highlights. Koi and goldfish are exotic creatures with special feeding requirements. Remember that. A hungry fish is a happy fish and generally a fairly healthy fish. (laughs) Feed foods with protein to build body during the season, during the colder seasons, and with wheat germ, uh, I'm sorry, feed foods with protein to build their body mass during the season while while it's warm, and feed foods with wheat germ during cold weather for easier digestion. Below 50 degrees, don't feed. Above 80 degrees, beware. Find the right spot to feed your fish and take control of the situation. Make them come up to you. Koi, enjoy a good snack like krill or watermelon. Don't throw food out to your fish. With time and patience, your your koi and goldfish will hand feed. Train your fish or they will train you. You're the human. Be the human. You can do it. If you guys want to catch more of the Pond Hunter, please come by and say hi. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Blog Talk, Periscope, Snapchat, and iTunes. You should be able to subscribe to my blog, the Love Your Pond blog. Lots and lots of great blog posts and pond content there. Thanks for hanging with me, everybody. I'm Mike Gannon. I'll see you next time on the Pond Hunter radio broadcast. Peace, everybody. Treat each other with love and kindness and take good care. And keep it pondy. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.